Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Model X continues to undergo growing pains, so what does it mean for Model 3? Plus, how S and X owners can get a free autopilot trial and more. Greetings from Boston. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. My name's Ryan McCaffrey. I'm out here on the East Coast for a convention, and I'm not returning until Sunday night. And uh, with this convention keeping me busy through the weekend, I've got a small window upon first arriving here to get the show done, because I want to make sure to get it to you on time. I think that's very, very important. So what usually happens on my IGN podcast uh, when I have to record early is inevitably... Something big will happen in the Tesla world between when I'm recording now on Thursday and when you hear the show on Sunday. So that always seems to happen. What can I do? So uh, I apologize in advance if that happens and you're listening to this going, well, wait, why didn't he talk about Thing X that happened on Friday? Now you know why. But uh, the other thing I want to issue a quick apology for before getting into the show proper is the sound quality this week. Uh, my wife needed the nice fancy recorder that we've got for another project, and so uh, she couldn't be without it for the five days I'm out here in Boston. So I'm recording with a uh, headset microphone, a, this uh, gaming mic setup that I have actually used a couple times before, but it's definitely, I can tell the difference. It's not quite as nice as the other one, not quite as good a sound quality. So apologies for that. Everything should be back to normal next week. And uh, I, I have to issue yet one more apology. This one is not my fault. If you start to hear a rhythmic, horrible, loud drilling sound in the background, hopefully it will be imperceptible to you because this microphone is an, uh, a unidirectional, like it's just a, it's a single directional microphone that will hopefully not pick it up. The, <laughs> there's construction going on, uh, which the hotel claims it's the city outside so I've had this rhythmic pounding in my skull all day. The walls have literally been rattling, and they have nowhere else to put me. So this trip's off to a great start. But anyway, the good news is uh, I'm here. I'm doing Ride the Lightning because that's what makes me happy, not, uh, not this hotel room. <laughs> doesn't. So this is my little escape. Thank you all. Anyway, let's get right to it. We've got some uh, interesting news story this, this the we- interesting news stories this week. See, I'm flustered already and some uh, more great phone calls from you folks in the Ride the Lightning hotline. So first up this week, Tesla is trying out something I think that's really smart, and that is if you happen to have a Model S or a Model X but chose not to order the autopilot out of the gate, they're giving you a 30-day trial if you want, which I think is just incredibly smart. I actually know... There's, well, I don't know them, but I've seen one car... There is a Model S in my neighborhood. They, they charge the car outside, so I see it a lot when I'm walking my dog. And I've run into the guy like once or twice, and I, so I said, oh, you know, beautiful car. And uh, he basically, he 
came to find out, he ordered nothing. Like, he just literally nothing. It's the bl- default black paint, default 19-inch wheels, no autopilot. I think autopilot had just come out, so I was like, oh, how are you liking the autopilot? And he said, oh, I didn't get it. But anyway, so th- this is for him <laughs> and maybe some of you out there. But uh, really smart move on Tesla's part. They're giving you a 30-day trial. So if I, I would totally take them up on this if I had an autopilot-equipped car that I hadn't paid for the autopilot for on. Because it's, uh, for Tesla, you know, speaking from a little bit of experience here, 30 days should be just the right amount of time to try it and then go through the full cycle that, that I've observed and personally uh, experienced a little bit. There's there's phase there's stage one which is getting freaked out by the autopilot like this shouldn't happen, what is this? What sort of sorcery is happening? My car is driving itself. That's not okay. And then you slowly start to get used to it and trust it. And then you get to the point where if you're doing a lot of highway driving, you're like, I need this. I can't live without it. So I suspect Tesla will convert a number of their uh, non-autopilot enabled c- uh, customers whose you know cars are of course hardware. They're all hard. They're all hardware equipped. Circa you know about September 2014 onwards. So I suspect uh, yeah they might get a few takers on this. But uh, so look for that. If you've got an S, you may uh, you may have already gotten a HUD notification. I actually don't know. I couldn't find how the notifications are going out whether they're emailing you or whether they pushed it straight to your car, uh, you probably have already figured it out. But if you do happen to have an autopilot hardware-enabled Model S or Model X that you have not uh, paid to to unlock the option on, here you go. Give it a shot. Next up this week, Consumer Reports is talking Tesla again, as they often seem to do. And they are warning of Model X bugs but absolutely raving about Tesla's service in, in taking care of those bugs. They've got a, a fairly comprehensive article on their site right now, and they, are, they talk to some owners. They clearly patrolled the Tesla Motors Club message boards, which I think is a little unfair in the sense that, you know, you're only, if you're having a great time with your Model X and everything's fine, you're you're less likely to post about it on a forum. I mean, a forum is just by human nature a place where you go and you can share your problems to see, you know, if other people have solutions or are sharing those issues, and you know, you kind of can form a a common bond and a sort of you know group hug in that scenario, a, a an electronic group hug. So I think it's a little unfair. If I, I suspect they have hopefully other methods besides. You know, talking to a couple of owners and and uh, hitting the the TMC forums, but nevertheless, in their their research, they cite Falcon Wing door issues, some Big Sky windshield issues, general fit and finish, and some second row seat issues. Primarily, uh, Tesla did see fit to issue a statement on this. We know that Tesla will actually ignore a lot of things if they you know if they think it's probably if they just think they'll make it worse by issuing a statement or if it's not worth their time. But they did issue a statement here. That statement is this. Quote, We are committed to making the world's most reliable cars. 
While we have seen some issues with early Model X builds, the issues are not widespread, and we are working closely with each owner to respond quickly and proactively to uh, address any problems. We will continue to do so until each customer is fully satisfied. This commitment is one of the reasons why 98% of our customers say they will buy another Tesla as their next car, end quote. And that's, you know, many companies will spin it. In fact, most companies would just spin it. And there's a little bit, you know, Tesla, they're, 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 there's, they're a company. There's a little bit, you know, they, they, of course, throw in the, hey, 98% of our customers are totally satisfied, which I don't blame them for, for throwing that in. But I do actually take them at their word when they say that uh, we have seen some issues with early model builds, early Model X builds, and the issues are not widespread. This, again, this gets back to what I was just saying a second ago. You know, when you're on a, a message board, that's going to be, you're going to see more complaints on a message board than people just saying, just typing in, this car, totally no problems. I love my Model X. You know, that's just not, that's, that's just not the nature of how things go. So uh, good to see Tesla address it. I mean, it's, and I'll say this, uh, Consumer Reports, is there, t- to be fair, I, I hope I'm not coming off as uh, being upset here. I, I actually think if you read the Consumer Reports piece, I, I think it's pretty unbiased. I think they're being very, very fair about it. Further down in their story, they write, quote, such issues are expected from a brand new model. Consumer Reports recommends against buying, uh, well, they just say a vehicle, so they're, they're not even being specific to Tesla, but the, Consumer Reports recommends against buying a vehicle in its first year of production, especially a ground-up vehicle with the incredible complexity of a Tesla. There's, that's sort of an ironic statement uh, in that uh, many parts of Tesla are actually much simpler. A Tesla in general is a much simpler thing than, than a... Uh, than an ICE, but of course the software is much more complex than any other car software. And they, anyway, they add even the Toyota Prius, noted for bulletproof reliability, slipped slightly during its 2010 redesign. Elon took to Twitter to address this, and he said, quote, we have amplified pre-delivery inspection to provide a stronger second layer of QA, several parts being replaced as a result. Now, when I read this, of course, it makes me think I've got a reservation on a Model 3. Many of you do as well. We're up over 400,000 or up to about 400,000 reservations per uh, uh, Mr. O'Connell's comments last week that I played for you on the show. Does this make me, does the Model X stuff make me a bit nervous about getting an early build Model 3? Honestly, yeah, it does. It does make me a little nervous about it. Uh, it did before the Model X issues, because it is indeed typically true of any manufacturer and any car. The earliest cars are going to have the most bugs. But for me, uh, given that getting an early build versus a later build could mean up to $7,500 for me, you know, if I can get it, I'm on the West Coast, I've got an early reservation, I'm not an owner or an employee, but, you know, I might have a shot I've got a theory, you know, if I can order a higher, highest spec enough car as well, that's, but, you know, if I've got a chance at that $7,500 tax credit and, you know, the trade-off is I've got to take an early build car, it, it's a big factor. It's a big consideration, but I'm going to do it because, of course, I just want to get it. I want to get a Tesla. I want to be a part of this. 
and I want to be in a more fun car than I'm in now. I want to be in a more efficient car than I'm in now. I want my family in a safer car than what I'm in now. I mean, these are all things to take into consideration. And here's the other big part of it. I know that Tesla is going to take care of me. Uh, the fact, add in the fact that I happen to live 45 minutes from the factory, and I'm confident that my car is going to be in the best of hands back at the mothership if anything does come up. And I suspect many of you, regardless of whether or not you live near the factory, I suspect many of you, feel, uh, model, many of you Model 3 reservation holders feel the same way, you know, that, that uh, you trust that Tesla's going to take care of it because their track record with the S and the X is that they are going to take care of it. So, I, you know, this is, this is definitely, uh, people will be watching Model 3 for a million reasons, but it, it's, the, this Model X situation which is again it's not as bad as maybe the it's it's being sort of reported to be that uh and i and i don't necessarily think that there's any sort of unfair stigma attached to the x that oh it's a lemon or i don't think that at all i think but you know there definitely have been media reports about the early some early issues with the car, particularly with the the Falcon wing doors and the sensors and the you know the the alignment of the doors and uh, the the operation of the automatic front pa- the auto presenting front doors. But you know we know these things are going to get resolved. But the fact is, yeah, it's I think these Model X issues mean there is going to be an even more intense. Uh, magnifying glass placed over Tesla when the Model 3 launches because, you know, some of these outlets are going to, you know, people like a Consumer Reports who don't recommend ever buying the first year model of a car. You know, th- there is going to be that scrutiny of, well, Tesla really had some issues with the early, with the Model X rollout. It, you know, the, the scales is much bigger this time. The uh, The stakes are much higher with the Model 3, even though they're cheaper cars, it's, it's a higher stakes situation for the company. Can Tesla get the Model 3 rollout right? And of course, uh, we did, I, I read you the statement from Tesla, I believe it was on last week's show, or maybe it was the week before, where they talked about in the, the quarterly report of how they missed their guidance because of the slower than anticipated Model X rollout. Uh, you know, Tesla admitted to the hubris uh, with Model X and said, we are taking steps to rectify this so that it does not happen again for Model 3. Speaking of Model X, let's take a call from Thomas down in Southern California who says he needs to have the Model X, and he's got a question to go along with that. So, Thomas, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Thomas here from Southern California. Love your show. Um, Quick question. I don't know if you're ever going to do another segment on uh, the X, but uh, I just love it. I need to have it. But the question here is, will Elon Musk ever entertain uh, or offer an X that actually does not have the Falcon Wing doors? And I know we don't have to go into the uh, discussion about uh, love them, hate them. We all do love them and hate them. But having said that, I think if he would offer an option that has uh, standard doors, and therefore be able to offer it for, I don't know, fifty, sixty thousand. 60000 That would obviously be a very, very valuable option for many people, including myself. So um, I tried to uh, tweet Mr. Elon Musk several times, but uh, 
I don't know why he doesn't answer. He shouldn't be that uh, busy. <laughs> so anyway, um, if that gets to you or if it gets to Mr. Elon Musk, uh, maybe there is something in the works for offering a more standard or toned-on version for the X. Um, again, love your show and keep up the good work. And uh, I hope I hear from you. Thanks. Bye. Well, Thomas, this is an excellent call, and for me, for my money, I think the X will always have Falcon Wing doors. Uh, Elon's been very, very stubborn about that. Uh, for better or for worse, I think in the end, for better. I mean, you know, I think in six months, nobody's going to remember that the Model X had some early teething issues with the doors. But, uh, however, in light of all of these early issues that they've admitted to having with the Falcon Wing doors. Yes, they're early, and yes, they'll probably be gone very soon, but I now wonder if the Model Y is going to have standard doors instead of Falcon Wings. And if you're wondering why I'm even wondering that, it's because Elon had actually previously stated that the Y would have Falcon Wing doors. He was uh, giving a talk, he was doing sort of this interview panel thing uh, late last year, which I had covered on the show. And he had said that, oh, yeah, first he had said, I think, on Twitter that, oh, either the one of the next two cars we build will have Falcon Wings, and we know it's not the three, so that must, that means it's the Y. And then he later did, I think it was at the Vanity Fair panel thingy, he actually did specifically say, yeah, it'd be the, the Model Y. But, you know, that, so he said that, would, that it would have the, the Falcon Wings, but that was months ago before these production issues, he may very well change his tune. I mean, and he's seen some of the reviews have said, oh, yeah, the Falcon wings are cool, but, you know, they're, maybe they're unnecessary. I mean, of course, he has demonstrated time and time again how, as a father of five children, uh, young children, he really likes the Falcon wings, that, he, that you can stand in there and not have to be, you know, folding your body uh, to fit under the the roof line, the roof of a of a standard car with standard doors. But I do wonder if the cost and complexity of the, the Falcon Wing doors, as they have been on the X so far, will mean that the Model Y gets rethought. I'm sure that there, the Model Y, there is a. I don't know if there's a literal, actual car. But we know, we're almost sure that there's a clay mock-up of it. Of course, that's the beauty of the clay thing, is the clay mock-up is it can be changed. So uh, we know, by the way, the, the clay thing, because that was that's, it's speculated that it, it was uh, in that 60 Minutes uh, Australia piece from a while ago, there was the, the image uh, of a car, of a, of a mock-up under a cover from, from, like a, from, from distance, like as a shot of the whole room, a camera still. And there was it was a half and half, and the, the theory was that that was half Model Y, half Model Three, since they're built off the same platform. Anyway, yeah, I wonder if there's now a, a decent chance that Model Y will revert to standard doors, but we shall see. Moving on, more Model X news. The latest celebrity Model X owner is none other than the Ford Motor Company, who paid about who paid over $200,000 at the end of the day for a Founders Series Model X, the first one they could get their hands on, presumably so that they could study it. Or maybe because they just want to drive the best American-made SUV in the world. hey oh, Sorry, I, I kid. I kid. No, I, you know, this is a normal practice in the automotive world. Uh, they, 
they uh, will no doubt be studying it. And I and I wonder what they'll study. I mean, so by the way, up front, they paid $199,950, which turned into $212,000 after tax and title. Elon, in fact, took... I'm not the only one to, to make a little half joke about it. A bad joke, by the way. But uh, Elon took a friendly little shot of his own. He tweeted uh, a link to the story uh, about Ford buying one, and he said... Looks like Model X resale value is holding up well, smiley face. So I thought that was funny. But uh, Ford got the car because a gentleman named Wayne Skiles is a Model S owner who netted 11 referrals in the last Model S referral program, thus earning him the option to order a Founder Series Model X. He took that option and then promptly flipped the car for a profit. He says... I flew to Chicago, took physical delivery of the Model X, and immediately drove it to a dealer in Chicago and sold it. Ford then bought it from another dealer, so it apparently changed hands quickly a couple of times. Now, yeah, I mean, I wonder what Ford intends to learn from it. Are they going to rip it apart piece by piece? Are they going to drive it and just sort of learn sort of what kind of car it is and what, you know, I do wonder, but, you know, they could study... They could be studying the battery system if they tear it apart. They could be studying the the, the power electronics system, you know, the, the battery management. Are they studying the aluminum construction and the safety features of the of the car and how it's physically built and what makes it so safe? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I, the good news here, by the way, in the in the EV world, is that whatever Ford learns will hopefully be practically applied to vehicles that end up in consumers' hands because Ford at least has an EV program. Uh, in fact, they announced a 100-mile range Ford Focus Electric for this fall, which is, you know, a step in the right direction. It could potentially, you know, 100 miles isn't great range. It's better than the, what, you know, 70 or 80 of the the Fiat, the Fiat 500, 500e, which, although the Fiat's only available in California, uh, and of course, it's it's better than the you know 80 mile range of the Leaf too, so uh, it could potentially make a good stopgap for some of you waiting for your Model Three, uh, depending, uh, I would say depending on how it's priced compared to the 200 mile Chevy Bolt. I mean, if it's it's going to have to come in a decent bit cheaper than either the Model Three or the Bolt, and in, in order to I think make a dent in anything. But again, you know, if if some of you might not be looking at at getting the Model 3, if depending on how far down you are on the list, if you're if you're going to be 2019 potentially for your Model 3, then a 100 mile range Ford Focus electric that's out this fall could be, you know, you might have that car for two to three years potentially. So two, two and a half, three years. So it could be a good stopgap for you. So good on Ford, and uh, good to see Ford driving American. Uh, all right, on that note, that is it for this week's news. Like I said, mostly Model X related. We're going to come right back, and we've got plenty of fantastic, really diverse phone calls. People calling in uh, just to discuss a number of different subjects. So I'm going to do that for you right after this. All right, welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Coming to you each and every week with your phone calls, which I sincerely appreciated there. The calls continue to get more plentiful and more excellent 
each and every week. I remind you that if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, you can call the Ride the Lightning hotline anytime toll-free and the phone number to call or Skype. Skype's going to be a little... If you've got Skype, it's a little better sound quality, but happy to take the calls as well. The number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Again, phone call or Skype. And by the way, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do or put onto a keepsake. Please visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Our first call comes to us from our friend Connor in New York, who wants to speculate on what that gift that Model 3 line goers have been promised by Elon. I like a couple of his ideas here. Connor, go ahead, sir. Hey, Ryan. Uh, This is Connor from New York. Love the show. Everything you do has been great. Unlocks, fantastic. Really look forward to this each Sunday. Um, I know you've been talking about what possibly the uh, sort of gift Elon was talking about to Model 3 reservation holders, and uh, I had a few ideas. I know a lot of people are talking about pins being a sort of thing, but I had two ideas. I don't know. I just think it'd be really cool. Uh, The first one would be like a sort of Model 3 Matchbox car, like a Hot Wheels little car, but it's a Model 3. I don't know. It should be something cool to get. Probably not that expensive. Um, my other idea was um, a code for a game like Forza 6 or something, where it was the fully rendered Model 3, but you can use it in that game. Prob- I think that'd be dope. I'd love to drive that around in the using the Xbox One, but... I don't know, whatever you think about it, if you have any ideas of what you would want or what you would think we're going to get, well, thanks, uh, have a good day, and keep up the great work. Connor, thanks for the call, as always. You are an excellent caller to the show. As for your ideas, I I love the Matchbox car idea. I think I might have told this story on episode one uh, when I was telling you who the heck I was and why the heck I was doing this, but when I was a kid, I, I just, I've loved cars ever since I was a little kid, and my dad used to, on a regular basis, like it, I remember it as being every day, but it of course wasn't. It was probably like maybe once a week for, for all I remember. But uh, my dad used to bring me home a Matchbox car, or a Hot Wheels car on a regular basis from work. And I, I eventually, I had this hope chest, this big wood, you know, early 80s <laughs> hope chest full of them. Just the, uh, full of them, and I would just play with them all the time, and and uh, so I have really good memories of that. So that that idea hits a little extra close to the heart for me. I, I love that idea. If uh, Tesla were to have a a matchbox car of sorts uh, made, as for the the idea of of the car being getting a free download to drive the car in a video game, I love the heck out of that that idea. I mean, what better way to promote the car than to put it in a very, very popular video game, whether it's, you know, because there's Forza and there's Gran Turismo. Uh, Now, Gran Turismo has been lying low for a while, as it often does between iterations. They're working on uh, a new one now. I think it's called GT Sport, Gran Turismo Sport, if I recall correctly. Anyway, Forza is kind of the one that's that's more currently active. And, of course, the, the Roadster was in Forza 4, and the Model S was in... Uh... Actually, the S was in 
let's see, both Gran Turismo and GT6 and Forza Horizon 2, which, by the way, Forza Horizon 2 is incredible. Anyway, I, I think the Forza idea might be a little grand in scope, Connor, for this for for this thing right now for this uh first of all because Elon said they're going to mail it uh and if it were if it were going to be they're going to put it in a video game they could just email everyone a download code plus ev- not everybody has an Xbox not everybody has the game uh it's also really turns out it's it's a lot of work to put a car into a a video game I've seen a little bit of the process over the years. They have to, like the the designers who are at a development studio called Turn 10, they have to come down, they'd have to go down to Fremont, photograph the heck out of the car, measure it, all sorts of stuff. It's not impossible, but it it takes a long time. It's a a very involved process. But um, so yeah, for those couple of sort of just logistical, like just me being a detective and picking apart your <laughs> the situation. I don't think it'll happen, but it's eventually going to happen. And uh, I wonder if it could happen even potentially b- slightly before the car comes out, or if not right before, right when the car comes out. I mean, we've seen this before. The Forza Motorsport 6, the, the latest one uh, from last fall, had the new Ford GT in it, and that was before it was out. Like you drove, you could drive it in the video game before it was out in the real world. So, uh, good thinking there, Connor. I like that. Uh, next up, I want to go to Dave over in the UK. Wanted to do, he wanted to speculate on some potential options for the steering system in Model Three. Dave, take it away. Hi, Ryan. Dave here in the UK. Just throwing a few ideas into the ring about the Model Three steering mechanism. Uh, it looks like the hood projection is probably the way, f- way that things are going to pan out, which would be pretty good to see Tesla's uh, innovations and take on that. Um, but a couple of other ideas. One thing I was thinking about was whether they could have a kind of a um, hidden screen on the steering wheel in the centre. So if you imagine the the steering wheel has like a fixed point and it's only the outer part of the wheel that rotates as you drive, um, I was just thinking that could be quite an innovative thing to, to to do like a hidden display that just kind of shows you the information you need you know therefore it's 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 there at a glance kind of stuff and it, it removes the need for an instrumentation cluster um don't know how viable that is but it was just an idea that may may work the other thing was just around like the screen in landscape mode and with it not being fixed into the dashboard that to me would be a good candidate for a quite smooth and sexy move of the screen kind of swooping down and rotating round into portrait mode uh, just to give those that want that option to have the screen in, in portrait would be there in that case you know a touch of a button the screen just kind of slides round and down into position uh, that would be pretty cool as well um, so again just a couple of ideas um, like I say that the, the one about the screen just seems it's not fixed into the, the dashboard so um, that's you know it, it seems like that could 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 work um and like I said, it'd be pretty cool as well. Which, you know, we know we know Tesla and Elon like to have a a bit of a cool factor in there as well. So, anyway, we'll see how it pans out. Thanks for the good work, Ryan. Keep it up. Speak to you later. Well, Dave, your your fixed steering wheel screen idea is interesting. But here's the one thing I when I was thinking about that, I'm not sure how that would inter potentially interfere with safety. And by that, I mean the airbag. Uh, so I don't know if if that's uh, feasible. Or if I'm just not thinking about it properly, and then as for rotating the screen, I mean that's a possibility. I, th- I think they were fixed in the prototypes, 
But having a screen that just rotates into to portrait mode and could be tilted toward the driver is definitely possible. It still doesn't necessarily alleviate the concern that the immediate driving uh, things you need, the information you need, your speed, your autopilot status, your headlight status, cruise control, all that stuff, it's not right in front of you. you know, you'd still have to look to the right because that's you know you're, what you're proposing with the la the portrait mode uh, thing is effectively just like the SRX, but without an instrument cluster. So I'm not sure it alleviates the problem, but these are I like that I like your thoughts here and the way you're thinking about it. And I definitely agree with you that Elon's going to cook up something cool. It, again, HUD seems more and more likely, especially after what we talked about last week with them hiring that uh, engineer who, who did that really cool motorcycle fighter pilot style HUD. So we'll see. Uh, next up is George Down Under. George from Australia has a concern about lithium. George, go ahead. Yeah, hi, guys. This is George from Australia. I'm a listener from Australia, and um, I just had a quick question about all, all the news re lately about uh, the shortage of lithium and how what what your thoughts were and, and everybody's thoughts were and how Tesla and the Gigafactory are about to deal with uh, the, sh the, the probable shortage of lithium or lithium ore that we're about to deal with. Thanks. Take care. Bye. George, thank you for the call. I confess this is the first I've heard about a shortage of lithium i googled around and honestly i couldn't find anything about it uh everything i found i did learn a little though i didn't know that lithium came mostly from salt brine that was interesting but uh yeah i couldn't find anything about a lithium shortage i actually wonder if you've been hearing some fud our old friend fear uncertainty and doubt which is uh is something that the tesla naysayers are are quite keen on on floating around to try and convince the uh, the average person who isn't following Tesla like a hawk, the way that, that I certainly am and that a lot of you listeners are. So uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Elon Musk clearly isn't worried about it. I know he's addressed the lithium situation in the past and said, it's yeah, it, there's plenty of it and it's safe. It's And it's definitely, it's uh, recyclable. So uh, no sweat on this one, I think, George. Uh, whoever told you that, I would... I would go back and offer, or rather, I would ask them for some sort of proof to back up their statement, but sounds like it's nothing to sweat about. Let's go down to Chris in San Antonio, a new listener. Hi, Chris. And uh, he is curious about, on the, the subject of lithium, he's got some battery questions and uh, how they pertain to Tesla's costs, profits, and future. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Chris from San Antonio, a uh, new Ride the Lightning listener. I've been listening since uh, the Model 3 unveiling, and I've gone back and listened to about half the uh, the, the podcast that you've done. Um, a question that I have is, so it seems like from what I've learned so far that each successive uh, model car from Tesla is about bringing down the costs and things. So it seems like to me that you know Tesla intends on keeping the Model S around for a while and opening up the, the the factory for producing lots of batteries and stuff will help to drive costs down, among other things. Do you think that eventually the cost will come down on the Model S because the cost of parts and everything will come down, or do you think they might keep it up around where it's at so that it can increase their profit margins? So 
Um, great fan of the show, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks. Chris, this is a great call. Uh, now, the margins on SNX are almost definitely going to go up thanks to the Gigafactory savings. We know that the battery is the most expensive part of the car. Tesla has said this. But I personally don't see there being any way that the cost of the cars themselves, the, I'm talking about the S and the X, come down uh, unless Tesla's hand is forced which would be, of course, by competition, which is itself unlikely because their competition doesn't have a gigafactory to drive down their own costs. So I don't see that bit as likely. So I think Tesla is going to be able to do what they've been doing, which is plow their profits from the S and X into the Model 3 and future development. Though, at the same time, remember that Tesla is a business. Even if their goals are noble, admirable goals, they are a business. And eventually, they're going to have to make profits for shareholders. And the Gigafactory is going to be a key piece to help them do just that and eventually become a very, very profitable company. Our last call this week comes to us from Doug down in South Florida. I'll tell you, I've gotten a lot of calls, a lot of emails about the tax credit situation. How's it going to work? I confess I'm not a tax professional, but I think I can help Doug a little bit here. So Doug down in South Florida, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Doug from South Florida. I called last week, but didn't leave my name, and I appreciate you airing my thoughts and opinion on the front end of the new Model 3. Um, really uh, enjoy the podcast, and you're doing a great job being a help to a lot of us. It's very informative, and I look forward to it each week. Um, I'm a Tesla enthusiast hoping for the tax credit, I was seventh in line in my area on the morning of March 31st. And um, as I say, I, I want to emphasize that I am hoping to qualify for the tax credit. So I, I had a discussion with a friend of mine who's also um, one of us who plunked down $1,000 before we even saw what the car would look like. And his interpretation of the tax incentive goes like this. Say he goes to file his taxes. He feels that $7,500 is subtracted from his annual income before taxes. Um, and that's how the credit works. That's how he interprets it. So let's call that option one. My interpretation is this. Um, say my income is assessed with $9,000 in taxes, which are due to the government. So the $7,500 tax credit would then be subtracted from the 9000 Therefore, I only owe $1,500. So let's call this option B. Uh, in my opinion, option A is great, but my concern that is this. If option B is the way it's going to work, and say my tax deductions, um, for example, mortgage interest, dependents, charitable contributions, results in the government owing me a refund, then how will the Tesla $7,500 tax credit benefit me or help me? Uh, hopefully we have some tax experts who are also Tesla enthusiasts who can shed some light on this and, and, and make, it, make it clear. Um, thanks again, Ryan, for all you're doing. We, we're enjoying the podcast. And um, take care. We'll talk again soon. By the way, real quick before I answer Doug's question and get to his call. I just want to clarify something from 
uh, Chris's call before that about when we were talking about the gigafactory and and cost. What I realized I was saying. I was saying I don't see the costs of SRX coming down. I meant the cost for the consumer. Sorry, I should have said the price, the end price of the SNX. I don't see that coming down because I think they'll use the uh, lowered manufacturing costs, thanks to you know, thanks to the savings that the Gigafactory will provide, in order to increase the profit margin and use that to uh, you know, not only fund future car development Model 3 and onward, but also use that increased profit margin to make the company profitable. So apologies, I realized I was, I was probably conf- being confusing there. Uh, so price, end price, not cost uh, of, the, of the car to manufacture. Anyway, Doug, so I believe that your option B, that your interpretation is correct. Uh, as for what happens, if you're owed a refund, I think you still get the $7,500 tax credit because I believe the key is having at least $7,500 in tax liability, not what you owe. So uh, I'm not a tax professional. So if any tax professionals want to call or in or write in to either back me up on this or correct me if need be, please absolutely do. But uh, I, I think I might have the, the correct understanding for you there, Doug. All right, that's it for the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week. Again, wonderful calls. Thank you all so much. You add, I really think you add a lot to the show, and I, I love hearing from people. So again, if you've got a, a question for the podcast, discussion topic, etc., it's a toll-free call or Skype. The number for either the call or the Skype is one 888 And I'll be right back to wrap things up here right after this. All right, that wraps it up for the first ever Boston-based edition of Ride the Lightning. Uh, I've got the sun is out. The rhythmic pounding of the <laughs> of the construction seems to have have kindly stopped, at least for the time being. I got to get out of here, get out of this hotel room. Anyway, please follow me on Twitter at dmc underscore ryan if you don't already. And if it won't fit in 140 characters, you can always email me. The show's email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com if you're a video gamer you can check me out at my day job ign.com i've got all sorts of various things going on over there interviews podcasts reviews previews etc i've got a t-shirt little side website with some cool video game and geek inspired designs you can buy at at, uh, nerdstyles.com I remind you to please subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter at teslaweekly.com. Thanks, as always, to the folks at teslarati.com. I love what they do, and they're very kind to help help uh, get the word out about this podcast, getting a lot of new listeners each and every week, thanks to them. So I really appreciate that. And a reminder that you can listen to the show in your Tesla, should you be a current Model S or X owner. I would say Roadster too, but Roadster doesn't have TuneIn. So I'm not leaving you Roadster owners out, I promise. But uh, for SNX, uh, via TuneIn, if you go to the TuneIn website and search for the show, you can just search Tesla Podcast or Ride the Lightning. You'll find it, follow it on there, and then it'll show up in your car under your favorites. That is the way to do that. Uh, That wraps it up. This has been episode number 38 of Ride the Lightning. Thank you all so much for joining me each and every week, whether you've been listening for one week or 38 weeks. I really, truly, sincerely appreciate it. 
Uh, this has been a passion project of mine, and I'm so glad to see some people start to uh, start to share the passion with me. So happy electric motoring, and I'll see you all next week.